Blog Talk Radio. Hello to all the listeners out there, and welcome to this Sunday's edition of the Two Month Show. Today is January 19th. 2020, and here on the Too Much Show, it's always real talk by real people, and I am your host, MT, and with me are my co-hosts, Mr. Jones, a.k.a. Sam Jones, and Mr. Come First, because you got to respect me and my other co-hosts. Choose the truth. Man, sorry for the little minute delay, man. I was actually looking at something. It was kind of hilarious, and I kind of want to get smack into it and get into this MMA fight. <laughs> Just... For y'all don't know, you know, Conor McGregor and uh, Cowboy Carone, they ended up squaring off last night. And I wanted the Cowboy actually hold versus Carone. Hold, hold on, sir. You, you going to tell on, the people on. what's the name of the show? You going to let them oh, know? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. No, no, no. I don't know. Let me get this out. I go right back to the intro. Hold on, hold on. I just want to know, did this guy say, man, you know, sitting up here looking at the ceiling, you know, looking at the stars and everything, and why he was dazed off? Did he wonder, like, where the hell was his roof? Like, because at that moment in time, man, it was just funny. I just seen something, and I had to get it off before I forgot. But as you may not know, this is the TMS show, where it's real talk by real people. Um, I just had to get into it because the name of this segment is Night, Night, Sleep Tight. And I've just seen that quote, and it was just hilarious to me the way somebody actually explained it because – I think he kind of thought that he was somewhere else for a good two seconds. Like, he forgot that he was even in the fight. But before we really get into detail, man, how you feeling, gentlemen? I'm sorry about that. Man, I'm feeling great. <clears throat> Definitely feeling good. Good, great. Excellent. Jones? Feel great, man. Good day. Got a lot of energy. I don't know for what reason. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. Off that, off that, uh, you know, cocoa juice. Got that fresh That's coconut it. water straight from the baby apples. He, from the <laughs> uh, he caught a felony. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on my way there now. Okay. All right, gentlemen, so what we do we want to talk about? We got some shit to discuss, man. It was actually fight night last night, man. It was like over five hours. A boxer in MMA last night. Let's get the boxers out the way first. I'll let you take it away, MT. What did you end up watching last night as far as boxing? Did you get to see the whole undercard right. and everything? Actually, so I got to see one undercard. I did not get to see the second one that was for the featherweight championship, and I'm actually – actually, you know what? I did. I, oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'll let you talk about that one. I only seen a little bit of it. I dozed off for a little bit. But then I woke up to see the main event. So for those of you all that don't know, uh, for the 154-pound unified titles, it's the WBA, the IBF, and I believe the IDO titles were on the line last night. Say that again. Is it WBC or is it IBF? Oh, well, it was three of them. I'm I'm gonna tell you exactly which ones were on the line last night. 
So the ones that were on there were WBA, the IBF, and the IBO 154-pound titles. Those are the super welterweight titles. Super welterweight, junior middleweight, it's 154 pounds. It's however you want to classify it. Uh, so with that being said, the first undercard uh, was Sean Spencer against some guy named Spring. <coughs> the fight last night took place in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which was the hometown of the, the former title holder from last night, Julian Williams. Uh, Julian Williams last, yeah, Julian Williams last year scored an upset win over unified 154-pound title holder. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Jared Hurd. And oh, Mike, man, this is beyond me. I know, man. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, so he scored the title, and he was defending his titles last night. Now, the first time the call was born, Spencer was the huge favorite in the fight. <clears throat> However, he's only 19, so he has some learning to do. He'll allow, <clears throat> he'll allow things to happen, but overall, actually like this kid's future, uh, he stood in front of Springs, allowed Springs to, like, walk him down. Spring wasn't throwing much, but Spencer should have been shortening up his punches and catching him with uppercuts. He did, Mike. Was he wasn't throwing guy. shit. He exactly. wasn't shit. He wasn't. He that wasn't. fight was born in hell. It, it was. That fight was and born in hell. for it to be oh. six rounds. For it and to be Shane six rounds, Springs. Yep, Shame on Spencer's trainer for that. Shame on Spencer's trainer for that, forcing him to bring the pressure. The kid's 19. This is big-time debut on TV. Tell him to go up there and rush that man because ain't nothing more boring than a counter-puncher who's afraid. Now, that's nothing than what that guy was, a counter-puncher who was afraid. That dude wouldn't throw punches for nothing. At one point in the fight, it was like in the third round. I remember I called it. It was 21 total punches landed through three rounds, three and a, uh, two and a half rounds. That's crazy. That's crazy. No, definitely. They got it. And he, yeah, and, and his, well, his father is his trainer for Spencer, for Sean Spencer. And what he basically, he basically should have told him to put the press on him more. So I'm looking for Spencer to – he is a young prospect. I can definitely see him within the next couple of years getting a title shot. And then once he gets that title shot, he may need to add someone else to his camp because I get that it's your dad. You trust him. But, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But as we've seen from the past with previous fighters, hell, most recently even with Jared Hurd, Certain trainers are only meant to get you to a certain place. And then there's somebody else who needs to come behind and take over. So with that being said, as we jump into the main event, again, Julian J. Rock Williams scored a huge, huge upset over Jared Hurd in his hometown. 
uh, in the DMV last year. He was able to beat him and get the unified belts, which was what I just said, which was the WB. It was the WBA, the IBF, and the IBO titles. So he was a unified 154 champion. Now, Hurd and Julian Williams were supposed to square off on December 14th. That fight did not happen. The reason why it didn't happen is because Jared Hurd wasn't fully recovered from his injury. A lot of people don't know he had a shoulder injury, and he was only able to use his right arm 50% of the time. But then, you know, him being a champion and everything, he didn't want to cancel his homecoming, so he kept the fight on. So he wasn't even full strength fighting Julian Williams. But no excuses. You get in the ring, you're expected to win. Yeah, you get So yeah, yeah. So Jason Rosario, who only had one loss, <clears throat> he did suffer a knockout at the hands of Nathaniel Gilmore in 2017. However, he fought back. Uh, <clears throat> he fought guys named guys named David Nunez. Salim Larby, Juan Carlos Rodriguez, and even his last fight before he fought Julian Williams was Jorge Cota, and he won that by split decision in April of last year. So, essentially, man, with this fight, he took it to Julian Williams. Julian came out. He did jump out on him early uh, in the first round. Julian uh, threw a nice amount of punches, landed some punches, he had uh he had Rosario stagnant for a minute. However, throughout by the second round, Rosario used what a lot of uh boxers today seem to forget the importance of and it's and it was his jab. Rosario established the jab, so he was able to create that distance. There was times where Julian Williams had to lunge forward. Julian Williams had the reach advantage, but Rosario had the height advantage over uh, Julian Williams by like an inch or two. So Julian Williams' punches started getting wider. Rosario started shortening up his punches, going to his body, landing good uppercuts to the body and to the head. And by the fifth round, you can see Julian Williams was literally breathing out of his mouth. I don't know what type of conditioning that he did for this fight, but it wasn't good. Go ahead. Well, a big factor too is in the second round, Julian Williams got cut, and yeah. throughout the the fight, you can see him visibly rubbing his eyes with his gloves, like worried about the cut. So he couldn't really get into rhythm like he wanted to. And then on top of that, I mean, Rosario is pretty much a mystery opponent who's been training for whoever, whenever. While this dude was training for another fight with her. I think yep. it was a bad decision for him to even accept this fight. I wouldn't even accept mm-hmm. this fight. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at the end, of, but at the end of the day, it just proves to you it's easy to get it, but it's harder to keep it. And yep. <clears throat> honestly, at this point, to heard even consider J Rock again, or so he just go for the title, and then maybe give J Rock his rematch. <clears throat> Because well, by accepting that fight, he, he fucked up a bigger mm-hmm. payday, if you ask me. He just fucked up oh, a bigger payday. Yeah. 
Oh, he did. Because here's what would have happened. <clears throat> so for those of y'all that don't know, like I said, he was worried about the cut and everything. But by the fifth round, he got caught with some big shots, and ultimately it led to the referee stopping the fight. Now, to the Philly crowd and everything, I get it. You all were upset that your champion went down in his hometown, and you felt like the stoppage might have been too early, but it wasn't. Because when he went down on the campus before, and they ruled that as a knockdown, I mean, they didn't rule it as a knockdown. They ruled it as a slip. I literally, I sat there, and I watched, and I said, wow. I was like, well, they're trying to, you know, do all the things that normally happens in boxing, things go in favor of the champion. But you could see that J-Rock didn't really have his legs up under. He got stunned by a jab, and then a hook came over and hit him as well. And so he was already stunned. And Rosario, since that, didn't let him gather his feet, and he continued to put the pressure on him. And, man, he landed two – I mean, he landed a beautiful uppercut and then another – he landed a right uppercut and then a left uppercut that was absolutely beautiful. And when J-Rock's eyes rolled into the back of his head, the referee did the right thing. He stopped it. Because if he didn't, J-Rock probably would have been waking up in the hospital this morning. And with the recent death yeah. and everything in boxing, you got to step in for stuff like that. But this new yeah. Rosario yeah. was basically a tank. He walked through J-Rock's punches, and he was going to J-Rock's body. And that's another thing. I felt like J-Rock wasn't going to the body enough. Like, when you got a dude that's taller than you, you got to treat him like a tree, man, and you got to chop him down. Plain and simple. But just to answer what you originally said, and then I'll let you – uh, with any closing statements or anything for this. Oh, yeah, I got Jared, what he needs here. <clears throat> Yeah, if Jared wins January 25th, here's what needs to happen. That's next week at the Barclays Center. He beats his opponent next week. He needs to set up the title fight with Rosario. I don't know what the rematch clause is for, you know, J-Rock and Rosario, but if it wasn't one in there, again, Rosario set up that fight with uh, Hurd. Hurd beats Rosario, hopefully. And then once he beats him, then if Hurd is looking for that big payday, it's not going to be with giving J-Rock a rematch, and it's not going to be with giving Rosario a rematch. They need, mm-hmm. He needs to go after Charlo for his 154-pound title. That fight may not be a pay-per-view fight, but they can at least get it on Showtime. They can at least get that on Showtime and get, you know, more money for it. And that could at least be oh, a fight really? in, Vegas, in Vegas or California or something. Yeah, it's time for Jared to come west, baby. I think well, he it's time for Jared to come he already came west. When he beat Laura, he beat Laura in Vegas, and then he beat somebody mm-hmm. else in uh, California. So he's, he's been out west, and he's been training out west as well. But uh, do you think moving up to 160, if he wins the titles back, is out of the question? Because he'll get bigger paydays at 160. He will get bigger paydays. I, I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to count him out. We need to see 
what he looks like this upcoming Saturday. This Saturday, January 25th, we need to see what he looks like. If his footwork is better, if his defense is better, meaning head movement, I'm okay with him moving up to 160 after about two to three more fights at 154. I'm okay with that. But if it's not and he's still going to be going back to the same old thing, then no, he needs to stay at 154. Because who at 160 can we honestly say that he could beat or dominate? Triple G is aging, but he still ain't trash. Exactly. You got Canelo that's probably going to go back down to 160. He's not going to stay at 175. And then you have Jamal Charlo, who to me is the sharper out of the Charlo brothers. So that's what you have. You got Pacquiao lurking. You know, he'll fight anything. He'll fight at 154. He'll fight at 150. Lucky, he'll fight at 147. (laughs) So. You got Pacquiao out there. He probably got another year or two left in him. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I break the whole card down in general. I'm not going to say it's another disappointing card for PBC because what did you expect? It was free on Fox. They wasn't at the Wells Fargo Arena. They were somewhere exactly. else in Philly. It wasn't the biggest venue. But exactly. the first fight... I already broke it down. Chain one special trainer for that. Allowed him to put on pressure. But shout out to the boxer himself for showing humility out that fight, after that fight. Because he went out there and talked to the commentators, and he asked for advice. Like, what could he do to be better, to be more exciting, to be that big box office draw? And they actually gave him advice after the fight. So I thought that was pretty dope to actually see that from that young fighter. And he's only 19, so... The trajectory is only going up because he's far from his prime, and he's already winning fights of that nature. Now, the second fight is concerned. The guy in the purple hair, purple trunks, whatever, y'all can look it up. He fought another guy, KG veteran. He had a holding that fight, and he eventually got the dude out the way, but, man, it was kind of disappointing. And for him to have the cojones to be like, I want to fight Leo Santa Cruz. I think that dude need to slow yeah. the hell down. He need to slow yeah. down. Oh, Leo Chris Santa Colbert. Cruz buried this man. Yeah, yeah, yeah Chris Colbert, he will that's bury that. <laughs> that fight I see yesterday, he will bury that man. But one thing about it, he fights both hands, but he he fought southpaw a lot, and I thought he was better traditional. And I think Linus Lewis pointed out throughout the fight, so that was a good analysis by him. And then as far as the main event. I say it once and I say it again, man. It's easy. It's easier to get it. It's harder to hold it. And I just thought he wasn't prepared, and I thought it was bad strategy for even taking that fight. That's pretty much breaking down that. Wasn't nothing special. Let's hope next yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, exciting. exactly. I mean, and just one more thing, man. Just to add to it, to be honest. Like, let's be real. I think what these young fighters need to do, they need to stop with this trend that they have going of, oh, I'm going to host, you know, my my first or my second championship uh, belt defense. I'm going, I'm going to do a homecoming. Wait until you're towards the end of your career. That way you can be appreciated more. 
That way you're not sitting up there giving out uh, fights in these small venues. And maybe this could have been in the Wells Fargo Arena if J-Rock was the title holder at 36, 37 years old. But we got a caller calling in. Hey, Big Sam, what's going on, sir? Hey. Good morning to everybody. Let's not break it down the fights. You know, the first two fights were garbage, like you said. But that um, <laughs> that J-Rock, that Rosario, yeah, I said everything right, but Rosario is too big. He probably came there at 170, 175. That boy looked big, and his punches was heavy. When he hit, when he hit him, they just laid there. You know what I mean? They wasn't like yep. like snapping. They was like heavy, like boom, you know? And it took a toll on him. And I, they got a rematch in there, but it's going to take J-Rock a while for that, that scar tissue to even heal because the same thing might happen again. He might hit him with one of them jabs and bust his eye open again. You can see he can't fight. Yep, he yeah. can't fight cut. You know, he probably got that That's what it is. Yeah, did y'all look at the other fights on uh, ESPN afterwards? Nah, I didn't get to see. Okay, I know it was a yeah, nice well, fight. Right, then that, that the main event was a pretty good fight. Alvarez, the one that beat um, Colt wasn't that Cola, Colt, Colaco, or whatever. Colo, um, shit, how you pronounce his name? Kovalev. Yes, that the okay. for Alvarez and uh, dude Smell, and they they fought pretty good. But the knockout part, just rewind and look at the knockout in the seventh round. I mean, his whole body just stiffened up, and I mean, almost fell through the ropes. He, he he was knocked out so good, he got mad when he got up. Like he he wanted to know what was happening. You know, he got an attitude because he was knocked out. That was pretty. <laughs> that was that was pretty good knockout. But um, far as Jared Hurd, we like you said, we got to see what's going to happen this week and how he come out and how he looks, though. Because he definitely got to get the belts back <clears throat> and do something with him because he had a lot of belts to let go. And J-Rock, J-Rock that's why he ain't fought at home. He's not ready to fight at home yet. He wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess his camp didn't keep him from getting tickets for people and all that pressure of fighting at home, become becoming a star again, you know. So that's, I think yeah, that's he was a on. Yeah, and he I think with J-Rock, <clears throat> no, he wasn't. And now he's sitting up here talking about, oh, you know, I'll be back and everything. He got to understand that 154 is deep right now, like it is. And when we talk about that super welterweight, I need to see the exact weight that Danny Garcia is fighting at, but He's another one at 154, and he's got a main event uh, coming up. He's the main event for this Saturday. So if he wins, right, exactly. is he in line, you know what I'm saying, to fight Charlo, or is he going to stay at 147? Yeah, it just seems I, like no one wants to really see Charlo. Mm-hmm. They go around they go around the barn when it's something to Charlo for some reason. Yeah. So I guess we had to wait to see what the matchup is, what the promotion people going to do, and how they're going to put it all together. But it's at the point, in order to make good fights, these people got to start fighting each other. They can't just keep finding people for them to fight. They got to go head-to-head to make some good matchups on TV. Well, good matchups, and then if they want those big paydays. Like, like last night, 
You're right. I mean, I looked up the guy Rosario, and I said, well, he's a little bit taller than Jay Rock. He got a shot. But when I seen him and how big he was in the ring, and he was walking through yeah. Jay Rock punches in that first round, I was like, who is this guy? But then this is a guy who's holding a belt that we know after, what, one or two uh, title defenses, he's probably going to lose it too. And it's watering down the sport, and it's making it harder to create those bigger matchups. Because if J-Rock would have won last night, I wouldn't have mind seeing either J-Rock or Jared Hurd rematch or even J-Rock and, uh, and Jamel Charlo for all four of the belts. Charlo bring his one. J-Rock put up his three. They have one big, you know, unification belt. Right, right, right. But we're not going to see that right now, unfortunately. Right, that's why they were talking about. Right, that's why they're talking about getting the belts, making the belts, all them different belts, forcing them, forcing them to make each other fight. You know what I mean? Instead Mm -hmm. of go through all the promotional garbage, force the the belts and everybody to match up and fight each other, make the better fight. So the sport won't go nowhere, you know? Exactly. All right, well, y'all keep going. I, I, I got some things to do. Good talking to y'all, and I'll be listening. All right, thank you for talking to you as well. All right, bye. All right, so, Mr. Jones, you want to talk about your – UFC event last night that you were so excited for, UFC 246. <laughs> With the long list of dry fighters, oh, my God. I fight after fight was dry, dry, dry. I, I swear, I think i seen, like, they just picked a couple of bums and was just like, hey, we just going to put you on this card. Just give it your all out there. Just make sure you last for three rounds. And they literally did just that because the punches was weak. It, people was tired. People was out of shape. I was like, man, this is terrible. Yeah, well, MMA is a tyrant. But crazy thing about it is, on paper, it looks like it looked like a great card, but the execution—I ain't gonna lie—it was it was underwhelming. It was horrible. It was trash. The undercards, like for example, the first fight, like Anthony Pettis. I mean. You were Showtime at one point. You was the guy that did the Showtime kick off the cage. Like, what happened to you? Like, you tapping out every fight now? Like, it's time for him to, like, really look in the mirror and say, do I still want to do this? Because for him, Mm -hmm. that used to, at one point, be a world-class striker and one of the most exciting fighters in the sport of MMA, for him to put on a trash fight and get choked out so early, I mean, what the hell? Second fight, I mean, the Russian dude, great armbar. You rarely see an armbar like he did. It almost looked like a Fujiwa armbar, but, I mean, good fight by that. Good wrestling, but still, not a lot of action as far as the hand. Yeah, I think they wrestled that, that whole match. Like, literally, it was all round game. <clears throat> and it was well, so part, like, the, it was, yeah, it was some, some part. And there was some parts that where they were just tired, and it was like, look, we got all right, a couple of seconds. Look, I'm going to hold you. You hold me back. I, I literally think that they was just doing this just to prolong the match. Mm-hmm. 
just like when people clench too much in boxing, so yeah. Boo. And then that I fight mean, that, that female fight. That was horrible. One, oh, the one that, female. I'm getting into it now. Oh, the Holly oh, Holmes, ahead, it was horrible. Because of this, even if victory, you didn't show that you're ready to be in the prime time again. You didn't show that you're ready for another title shot again. And you even know it. She even apologized to the fans afterwards for putting on that horrible-ass performance. Yep. She even apologized. So she knows she put on a bad performance. She knows she ain't ready to fight Amanda again. She knows she needs another fight, and she needs to be excited and use more of her kickboxing ability. Because the holder up against the cage is equivalent to somebody running the whole fight in boxing. I compare that to what Anthony Joshua did to Roe Reed. Great tactic, but boring-ass strategy to watch. Honestly. Yep. Now we got all that shit out of the way. Let's get into the main event. MT, you take it away. All right, let's get into it. So, Conor McGregor making his return back to the UFC after a layoff, and he suffered a horrible defeat by rear-naked choke to Khabib. Uh, He took on Donald Cowboy Theron, somebody who is, if you all don't know, essentially a journeyman in the UFC you know, fought a couple big names early on in their career before they really got into their prime, you know, sneaked out a couple victories against them, and then during rematches got his ass beat. And then uh, when it came to actually winning the big fight the past couple years, he also got his ass beat. But uh, Connor came out, and everybody, what I will give Connor credit for was this. Everybody was looking for Connor to come out punching and everything. Somehow they got into a clinch. And Connor used something that we even see boxers when they want a fighter to stop clinching them. Yep, they'll throw the shoulder. But Connor really threw the shoulder to the point where dude had bruising. Yeah, he threw it three times. That's not what even. Yeah, the, the third time that he threw the shoulder, that broke his nose. But. When you look at his face and how it's thrown up on the left side, that first and second shoulder thrust almost looked like it yeah. broke, I guess, the orbital bone or something like that in his face. Like, dude is probably going to need some surgery after this. I'm curious to see what injuries and everything he'll be diagnosed with when he goes to the doctor either today or tomorrow because Connor oh, yeah, definitely Yeah, so we're in hospital right now. I can that already. Exactly. And then from there, uh, Connor caught him with a kick that pretty much just, I mean, that pretty much solidified the fight. And then Connor then started yeah. throwing the punches as he went up against the cage. Uh, salute to the referee because Cowboy Theron at times has come back when he's been up against the cage and had multiple punches thrown. But once he switched angles and he was just covering up and wasn't trying to throw punches back, we knew it was all but over. And it took me, what, a minute and a half to give this synopsis? The fight was over in 40 seconds, damn it. So if you went to it, spent a bunch of money, it was over in 40 seconds. Uh, it was, o- it was yeah. over faster than your experience with a cheap hooker, okay? 
It was. And then, you know, on top of that, it was so short. They showed the whole fight on SportsCenter. They was like, fuck it. Yep. They sure (laughs) did. You know, it was an ESPN Plus event. They just showed the whole Joe SportsCenter. And then let's see if they talk about it for five minutes with Joe Rogan. Like he deserved to be there to talk about MMA with Joe Rogan. But that's another story. Go ahead. Yeah, but I just want to add on top of that. I would say uh, you probably know this, Mr. Jones. If anything, this this make him the first UFC to um to secure uh, stoppages in three divisions. Well, yes. And then on top of that, I mean, he was the first to have simultaneously belts. He was the first two belt guy before you know Cormier did it, and of course Amanda Nunes and Dave. And uh, this now makes. 18 out of his 22 wins, first-round stoppages. So, I mean, kind of, I mean, but the thing is, what's disappointing about this fight is we really still don't know what Connor has in his arsenal because it started and then it finished. And then to get the Cowboys to Roney, I mean, bro, like, it's time to hang it up or it's time to go to Bellator. If I'm Dana White, I'm not booking that man for another fight. Hell no. Because, you know. Don't he hold the record for the most victories, though? So, I mean, he's he doing something he right now. It was stop, stop, But stop, the thing is, the stop, thing is stop, he started, he started the UFC in 2014. He got 50 fights. So, the man fights every three weeks, it seems like. But exactly. to keep it he's real, a damn yes, punch he's bag. But the thing is, his he's prime, a card his prime. No, he's a no. card seller. Once upon a time, listen, listen. So he's, a, he's a pride time, trooper. He's a journeyman. That's what you're telling me. Okay, okay. That's no good. Listen, once upon a time in his prime, he was one of the best. But it was a long time ago. It was 2014 or like 2016. He beat legends like Vincent Henderson. And the guy that's pretty much the other face of UFC right now, who's probably going to be calling the next fight, Jorge huh. Basvidal, he did give him his only loss. So Cowboy Cerrone wasn't no trash his whole career. But when it got later and he got older, he was fighting killers like Robbie Lawler and all that, it was time for him to look in the mirror a long time ago. And this is proof that he needs to go. It, uh, well, he can be better. He did admit to he it. He can't fight with this is, no more. Yeah, this, is, this is his it's own over. word. He said, he said, uh, he said, Conor McGregor's uh, soldier strike, they were, uh, they threw me way off guard. He busted my nose, started bleeding, and stepped back and head, head kicked me. I was like, oh, man, this is happening fast. I got my ass whooped early. His words itself. So I think he pretty much known that where he went wrong at early in the game, and it did kind of happen fast too as well. You know what? He was expecting him to stand up and try to strike and land the left hand early and use boxing tactics because he thought he was still going to be Conor the boxer, but he turned back to Conor the MMA fighter. And then when Cerrone threw that head kick, which he's known to land quite well. Connor found the way to carry it, and he threw his own head kick, and he's like, what the hell? And he didn't know what to do. And then with the shoulder juice he was throwing, 
The only other person that throws that is John Jones. So that was shocking for him to throw the shoulder juice as well. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Connor did what Connor had to do. Get him out of there early, draw some attention, and let's get this record-breaking fight with Jorge. Because them two are the biggest personalities in them interviews that probably going to be the best in MMA history. Except with Jorge. Yeah. They got a yeah, couple Jorge, of uh, Jorge, other people. Yeah, Jorge, 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 that dude don't oh, play games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The world's world, <laughs> the world's world champion, right? All right. Yeah. Can I just say something real quick? Here, here's my issue, Mr. Jones, and I know we talked offline and, you know, like we made a post in the group and everything. And, you know, at times I was joking around, but you was like, oh, you just hate and you hate Noah Connor. He's back and everything like that. So here's the, here's the biggest issue that I have. What we have seen Dana White do over the past few years, ever since UFC, like, really became popular, is this. He's, he's become more like Vince McMahon, and he's built up these stars through storylines. The real, the, the very good fighters, the ones who actually have the skill and everything, sometimes they get overlooked. Like, their event isn't promoted as much as a Conor McGregor or Ronda Rousey or individuals like that. Not to say that Conor doesn't have talent, because obviously he was a champion in multiple weight yeah, divisions. They got stars. But, hold on, let me say Go ahead. I Go know. Ahead, make your that's point. what I'm saying. All right. So, because, so what happens is when you have individuals who are stars or who have the star power, Dana hypes them, and then he pretty much uses them, chews them up, and then spit them out. Ronda Rousey had no business, no business with getting back in the ring with uh, who did she fight again after she lost to Holly Holm? She lost to Nunez, right? Amanda. Yeah, she fought Amanda. That was Amanda's first victory. Yeah. She had no business getting in the ring with her. None. But Dana pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Salute to Ronda Rousey for getting out when she did because it just it wasn't it. And I feel the same thing is going to happen with McGregor. You give him somebody average, he's going to come back when, you know, he, he beat Cowboy, everybody's hyped up now, oh, McGregor is back, the GOAT is back and everything. But people just forgot literally two fights ago, he was getting his fucking face beat in in the octagon and got choked out. By the GOAT. So... By the GOAT, okay? He's the GOAT. Exactly. That He's the GOAT, exactly. And I agree with that. But everybody, because of Conor and his star power and, oh, you know, he's the cool-dressing guy. He says the witty things. He does this and he does that. That's why I said, to me, I just look at him as the UFC Adrian Broner. Dana White knows that, look, let's think about last night. All the people who went out I was calling and bought tickets to that. Hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. Can I finish? Uh, He went out there. Literally, Conor McGregor essentially sold out an event that wasn't even a championship fight. Let that sink in. He was the main event for something, and it wasn't even a belt on the line. Adrian Broner, I know people can say whatever they want to say about him now, 
but he wasn't trash at one point because you can't win four you can't win a title in four different weight classes. You can't be a bum and do that. I'm sorry, you can't. But what happened was Adrian found out that hey, if I can run my mouth, if I can get social media popping, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything popping, make the headlines, I can get my big payday. And it don't even matter if I win or not. I don't even need to train like how I need to. So we all know Connor's not going to step back in the ring with Khabib. His best shot, if he's going to be Mr. Return to Glory and, you know, the king and all of that, it's going to be against Jorge. But I appreciate McGregor for his honesty last night because even he came out and said it. Yes, I want to fight multiple times and uh, this year. However, I know I have a long way to go before I can say that I'm at the top of the division. I need to train harder. I still need to get back in camp. I need to fix some things. So I'm glad that he's realizing that. But my beef is not really with Conor McGregor. It's the bullshit that Dana White continues to spew out at us as the fans, as the consumer. Like, damn, you got a fucking UFC pay-per-view. Literally, it ain't. it's every month on ESPN+. Plus. What is the point of having the ESPN Plus app? Why? So you can get a $10 or $15 discount? Man, why don't you just throw some of these events on regular ESPN Plus or ESPN? Because that shit last night, paying for that pay-per-view, that was absolutely terrible. It was. $84. Oh, man. $84. So that's what my beef is. And I know Connor isn't ready. He's not ready for Jorge or Khabib, but I guarantee you his next fight. He, but I guarantee you his next. I guarantee by late on this year he'll be fighting one of them, and when he gets his ass knocked out this time, I hope. Yeah, at the earliest he should fight them in December and take one fight in between that. That is it. But if he just goes straight to them, I'm telling you right now. It's not going to end well for him. He's going to be another Ronda Rousey that had a nice little run. The hype was built around him. Now it's time for him to go to wrestling and do all these ads and endorsements and everything. I'm not hating on that. Get your money. Like, he was promoting his whiskey last night. Shit, that fight was more about him promoting his whiskey than him actually winning. Hey, but did y'all also see at the fight, um, Brady was talking to – Talking to Davis at the fight last night. Who? Brady, Tom Brady from the Raiders. He's talking. He's talking to Anthony Davis. Oh, that he ain't going to the damn Oakland Raiders. I mean, to the Las Vegas Raiders. He ain't going there. He ain't going there. Cancel that. Yeah, they they don't have the receivers. Exactly, they don't have the receivers. You can cancel that. I mean, but that was my point, though. That, that, that's what my point is. It's not me hating on Connor. It's hey. just I can see it. The fans love him. I like him because he's a great personality. But the way that Dana White pushes these guys and forces them to get in the octagon when they're not ready and then they end up losing, like seriously, it's almost like it's. You know what though, Connor? Connor's the only person though. Real talk. Sorry to cut you off. Connor's the only uh, person that Dana White can't control though. 
Think about it. Yeah. He pulled Floyd Mayweather in a boxing ring. That didn't happen in the cage. And then on top of that, he took 15 months off after that Khabib fight. You think Dana White would let any of the stars he controlled take 15 months off after a loss like that? Nah. Like, but here's what I he can't say. control Connor retired yeah, on him. Remember that? Connor came back on his own turn. Yeah, but, but here's the thing, though. I know what you're saying about he fought him in boxing and everything, but who was at all the press conferences and everything in the face-off between McG- uh, McGregor and Mayweather? Dana White was there. He was there. So he got his check. His he got his check. Yeah, promoting his brand. Exactly. So he got Oh, yeah, get some of that top, that top shelf, uh, what is it, top shelf kind of whiskey? Yeah, whiskey. whiskey. <laughs> That's crazy, though. I see All right, you man. Mean, so I, I'm not the biggest Dana White fan as well. I'm not the biggest Dana White fan as well. So I totally agree I mean, with the points you make. I don't who think really I, is, though. I think Connor might be a little bit smarter than that. Because he already, he already fell for that trick bag for fighting for fighting Nate Diaz. He already fell yep. in that trick bag for fighting Steve. Like, and then let me let me just finish my point by saying this: Khabib is the goat. I know a lot of people like John Jones and all of that, but John Jones had times where he struggled in fights. You know, versus Gustafsson, he he struggled both of them fights, but he still got the victories in five rounds. Khabib finishes everybody. Khabib wrestled bears at eight years old. Khabib is twenty-seven and zero for a reason. Yeah. He's the yep. goat. Period. That man literally put bears in headlocks. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Wouldn't be me. <laughs> yeah, but hi, but whew, I think this is the longest we ever spent on uh on combat sports with uh, MMA and boxing. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Shit. Should I want to get into first? You want to uh, set up the lineup for uh, NFL? Yeah, let's tackle that. Um, we could talk about the NFC Championship games this Sunday. Well, taking place today. Both of them. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, real quick, because I know we didn't get a chance to cover the games because they happened on Sunday. I mean, we did a preview of them. Are we even surprised about the outcome of last week with the Chiefs beating the Texans on Sunday or the Packers beating the Seahawks? No. Well, the Chiefs gave them a fashion how they beat them. They beat the hell out of them. But, exactly. Know. After being twenty, after being down by twenty four. And Mr. Jones, I, I don't you know. Talked about it. I'll give the you funniest thing, too, Mr. Jones, when you go ahead. Nah, go ahead. Go ahead. Say, say what I was just gonna say. say uh, I was just gonna say that Mr. Jones called it when he was talking about how the uh, what was it, the Chiefs. They could score in bunches. 
So oh, yeah. them losing out on time of possession really doesn't matter because they only need two minutes to score. Literally, that's <laughs> all that offense needs. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was funny, and I was just about to say on that, the funniest thing I've seen on social media was when they said it seemed like the Chiefs started a game on all Madden and then just put it on Ricky and then just floated the game out because it was just endless scoring. It was just too easy. I think at that point it was just like we all know who we came to come see today. Exactly. I thought J.J. Watt was on the field. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, speaking about it, I mean, let's get right back, right into it, though. Man, Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs play at 3.05 Eastern time. Who y'all got? Uh, it's a tough one for me, but as much as I want to, it's literally going to come down to if Mahomes makes any mistakes in the secondary. Because we know that the Titans are going to put together 12 to 15 play drives Shout out to Mike Vrabel. He's been excellent in coaching this offseason. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, this whole season. The moves that he's been able to make, the use of Derrick Henry, clock management, everything. That team has done everything right, especially since Ryan Tannehill has stepped in as quarterback. And the Tennessee Titans look good, but I just see in literally a late drive where it's about – 45 seconds, maybe a minute and 15 at the most. And Patrick Mahomes takes that team down and wins the game on a late field goal. And I'm actually looking for this to be a lot lower scoring than it was last week with the Chiefs and the Texans. And I'm looking for a final score, 20 to 17. Chiefs. Well, you said 20 to, 20 to 17? Yes, sir. 20 to 17. So you uh, mean the team that just went 51 and 7 in less than three quarters is only going to put up. Okay. Right now, Titans do got better defense and a way better secondary right now. Exactly. I, I was about to say that. That's literally one of the – they have a top five secondary in the league. Kevin Byard, you talk about Malcolm Jenkins, you talk about Logan Ryan. Like, those guys are the truth in that secondary. And I just don't see this game being that high scoring. Um, I see both teams jumping out scoring touchdowns early, but the defense is kind of like zoning in. But the key is going to be literally the drives that the Titans put together because Titans have shown that they can score, but they want to score on their terms, which is going to be those 12 to 15 play drives and kill 12, 13 minutes of a quarter. And they ain't stopping no damn Derrick Henry. Let's be honest. The Chiefs oh, don't have not. the greatest defense. But then, if yeah, anything, I at least see the score being around like they, they're going to both probably average around maybe thirty something points. I can see, I can see, I, I can see, see it being like thirty four twenty eight or something like that. I can see what you mean. No, I yeah, actually got some, some of that. Yeah, the, only, 
the Titans have the Titans have huge receivers and they they get physical and honestly they be getting some nice catches in the end zone. Like AJ Brown and them has been balling as well. Even though Tannehill has not had the greatest postseason, but he has his moments when he can air it out. But I mean, let's be honest, man. Mahomes in that offense, man, they looking like juggernauts right now. So I mean, I think it all boils down to whose defense is better. Well, the Titans' defense is better, but I think it more boils down to how Patrick Mahomes going to act. We both know both offenses are like explosive, but at this point, it's like it really boils down on what team is going to stop the stop well, the score or keep it to a the minute. Titans is not as, the Titans is nowhere near explosive as the Chiefs. The Titans are more clock management, punch you in the mouth, slow this game up. And, and like the I Chiefs said before, can score exactly. less than two minutes. So it boils down to the defense. Nah, I can't agree with you on that. The Titans. Nah, don't here's mean. the thing. Now nah, the only times that I've seen the Titans like really score fast is if you get Tannehill on a play action, the defense oh, no. bite. I didn't say the Titans. AJ Brown. Oh, you said the Chiefs. Yeah, that's yeah. I was just counting, counting that, countering that because the Titans like to use clock management. The Chiefs, they can score less than two minutes. So, there's two different offices. You know, they both can score, and then they both have their time management. So, that's going to counter itself. Now, it goes to the defense. Can this defense maybe slow down? The Titans' defense can slow down the clock, too, and hold them out without scoring for the next couple of drives and may and like like last out the possession that they have the ball. They can actually control the clock and get some stops or turnovers on downs, then that'd be great. So I mean I can see that. And if they have the better defense, then that shouldn't be as hard as versus the Chiefs defense that's playing their ball. Now if the Chiefs probably stop that and they can't get that clock management, then I see the Chiefs winning. That's why I'm saying it goes to the defense. Gotcha. Yeah. But, yeah, at this point, though, the Chiefs' offense is a defense. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because their defense is just not that great. They're just not. Like, let's be real. They're not that good. Um, it's literally going to come down to Mahomes not making mistakes. That's it. The more mistakes Mahomes makes, the more – uh, it's going to go in favor of the Tennessee Titans, and then they'll just play keep away. But look for that secondary of the Titans to get physical. Look for uh, Tyreek Hill to get jammed at the point of release at the uh, at the line. Look for all of that. Um, I don't know. I really want to go with the Titans. If I went with the Titans, it'll probably be. Um, I see them winning. Probably about maybe seven points. So it'll probably be like 35, 20, 20 something. 25, maybe. But if my prediction is correct, and then before we get into this next game, 
then I'll probably have to go with the Chiefs. If the NFL is rigged, I'm going to say the same thing in my next guest <laughs> in the next game before we get to that. Okay. I got the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, I have the Chiefs as well. I give it to the Titans. Okay. They can stop Mahomes, capitalize off his mistakes. It's an easy one. And they can control the clock, slow down their offense, and I guess take tear apart their defense. I mean, they already know where they're going. They're probably going to run the ball. And if Derrick Henry can get off, uh, I mean, I don't know. So, yeah, give me the Titans. It's way easier said than done, man. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, but history shows two guys with a lot of these newer uh, coaches that normally go to the Super Bowl their second year with a team. Uh, we saw it with um, Sean McVay. We saw it with Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia Eagles. Will we see it with Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers? Mm. No. I don't know, man, but let's get it. Green Bay. San Francisco, 6.40 p.m. the Eastern time. You say, ah, I mean, going off what I just said, I'm going with Green Bay and the Chiefs in the end if the NFL is rigged and just to put up a historic Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, basically a repeat of uh, Super Bowl one which will be the Chiefs and the Packers. Correct? Mm-hmm. So you got it. So he said the Niners, I believe. No, nah, I'm going to take the Packers. Oh, you got the Packers? Why? Yep. Um, I have the Packers well, we all only, believe the same thing. <laughs> well, not only just believing in the same thing, I think one of the things that we have to pay attention to is this. Um, one of the things that we have to pay attention to is Aaron Rodgers, and this seems to be his comeback season. And obviously, one of the things that I believe is with the Patriots and everything with the BS that they got caught up with, you know, like this is the time where the NFL is trying to create another narrative. You know, who could be, who can we say is better than Tom Brady? Remember they tried to give it to Peyton Manning? That didn't work. Then they tried to give it to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he kept coming up short. So with that being said, I mean, this is literally all Aaron. Either he has to make this happen or not. (laughs) And to me, this is his last shot. If they don't get it this year, it's not going to happen. But I literally, I can see it happening. I I just can. A lot of people may not. So you say this is the perfect opportunity for him to be 
in that limelight, like where where he's probably deserving, exactly. too, but he can always exactly. he's always getting cut short. Uh, exactly. I can so, I can so, see the so bitches. Make, I mean, because they did knock out. I mean, well, you know, you know, I well, what we talked about behind the scenes and like Russell Wilson, uh, like that was the perfect golden boy to have that picture painted. That. Like once Brady got out the picture. Hey, so, I was going to have the I mean, but you know, and I'm not about to say that here. <laughs> I don't see that picture, and and if it is, you know why it is. You think it's the same mm-hmm. about rap? Huh? <laughs> kind of say, if we think the same thing, you kind of say the same about rap. Right? Mm. But Russ is not Mr. Mahomes, though. Like. He's from a whole different background. I was about to say that. Well, let, let's just call it what it is, okay? Like I said last <laughs> week on the show, let's just, I, I mean, I'm tired of this. This is real talk by real people. It's split-top wheat bread versus regular wheat bread. And if the NFL had to choose, they would rather have the split-top wheat in there. Plain and simple. Russell Wilson, yes, he's done everything right. And I believe that before he's finished with his career, he will probably grab one more Super Bowl. But it ain't it ain't it right now. It's not. It'll probably be within the next three to four years. We'll see them making a strong push and getting back in the Super Bowl. Well said. I'm not even gonna lie. I couldn't piece it together like that if I would, if I tried. But <laughs> just finalizing this. So my Super Bowl predictions based off of talent and teams and what they have shown in the playoffs. I would have to go with literally the Titans and the Forty ers just because it's real talk by real people. Oh. I know it's going to be rigged. It's going to be. The, the Chiefs and Green Bay in the Super Bowl. And if it is... I don't want to watch that shit. I don't want to see those Titans versus 49ers. That is boring as fuck. I'm sorry. I don't know. Hell no. One of them teams better make it. I better see some Aaron or some Mahomes. One of them motherfuckers better make it in that boat. Hell no, I don't want to see that Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So you just want to see Mahomes blow out the the Green Bay Packers? Because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a blowout. I don't. It ain't going to be a. Uh, no, it's going to be sad. I don't think it's going to be. A I don't blowout. have Green Bay winning that I, I can get into it Look, now. Give the team no, play the because, Niners. Because, but the 49ers cannot play the Titans. That shit will be boring. I'm sorry. Of course, it will. But the Packers can play the Titans. The Packers can play the Titans. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Wouldn't mind seeing it at all. Wouldn't mind seeing 49ers and Chiefs either. Yeah. Yeah. But Green Bay, Green Bay and the Chiefs would be the Super Bowl that everybody wanted from – you know, like last year that we had, which was 
essentially when you had um I'm sorry, when you had the low scoring Super Bowl, a Packers and Chiefs Super Bowl would be the complete opposite. Meaning you would get the high scoring It would be like those two it would be like Philly New England. You said it would be like what? Philly and New England the year before. That was very high exactly. scoring. Exactly. Exactly. But don't sleep on the defensive line of the Green Bay Packers now. Too many people do. They defense is not better than the 49ers, though. It's not better than the 49ers, but their defensive line creates pressure. Like, their defensive line is the truth. But the 49ers have, like, a three-headed monster running back. So They do. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, you gotta remember, like Garoppolo ain't really doing too much or nothing. It's been the running game that's been keeping San Francisco afloat yeah. in that defense. And honestly, yeah. the matchup for real we ain't talk about yet is Devontae Adams versus Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman had that yeah. man on lockdown early this season. So let's see what's going to happen today that? with Devontae Adams. What was that? Uh, what was that? Week twelve when they uh, blew him out? I think it was like twenty-eight to three or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, that's true. But the difference is this, you all. The playoff is completely different. They are. I, I guess. Playoff football is completely different. And maybe just the, the punishing maybe just be that much, you know, worse than what it was in the regular season. So that's all. That's what that's telling me. I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's still any given yeah. Sunday. I mean, not the Titans. You got the Texans that. You know what I mean? Man. So you got to ask the Ravens that. I mean. Yeah. So, what man, let's go ahead and get. I mean. We can go ahead and touch topics. Uh, we could get to the NBA. Well, hold on, hold on. We got to talk about the Hall of Fame, the finalists. I almost forgot. Right, don't worry about it. Hall of Fame finalists. Does anybody have the list? Uh, as far I mean, I can as read um, them Hall of Go ahead. No, go ahead. What were you getting ready to say about um, Jimmy? Yeah, the only two that's solidified right now as Hall of Famers next year is going to be and Bill Coward. And as far as Jimmy Johnson is concerned, he's more than deserving to have it. I know a lot of people, and like me at one point, gave him the knock on his time with Miami and not doing nothing with Dan Marino. But at the same time, yeah. The things he did with Dallas and forming the triplets together and actually maintaining the personalities that remain as a team to win. I mean, he had the dynasty yeah. in the 90s. He's more than deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and to me, you know, what disappointed me was, and I had the list, but what pissed me off was Jerry and once again his ego. Um, your dynasty, Jerry, started 
and essentially ended with Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, Barry Switzer came along and gave you one more, but we haven't done shit since then. And so, in my opinion, Jimmy Johnson should have actually got into the Hall of Fame before Jerry Jones did. I just think it was bullshit. Uh, but when we talk about the finalists, we have um, we have Jimmy, we have Bill Cowher. Uh, who else are the finalists? Yeah, so we're still waiting to see what happens. Um, who else do we have? We have Carmichael, who's supposed to get in. Uh, who else is getting in? Well, we already going to say it. Troy Palomalu is going to get in. He's in there. Oh, yeah. That's Troy Palomalu, absolutely. Yeah, you have Isaac Bruce. Bruce. He might get screwed. He might. Troy Holt, I think he's going to get in there. And John Lynch, come on. It's his seventh time as a finalist. John Lynch, it's his time. And what he's doing with the 49ers right now as the GM, it's his time. Yeah. John all right, so here we go. So, all right, so what was announced on Thursday? So you got Palomalu, you got Edron James as a finalist, uh-huh. Zach Thomas, who was a finalist. He played for the Cowboys one year. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, Brian Young, <laughs> a defensive tackle for the 49ers. Richard Seymour, we all know he played for the Patriots, and then he played for the Oakland Raiders for a couple years. John Lynch, mm-hmm. Steve Atwater, Leroy Butler, That's my man. Reggie Wayne. Who? Mm-hmm. Steve Atwater. Who's your man, Zeus? Oh, Steve Atwater, yeah. Leroy Butler, Reggie Wayne. They got Torrey Hawk, uh, Isaac Bruce, Sam Mills, Tony Baselli. Alan Seneca, and Steve Hutchinson. That's a good list. Definitely. Everyone has an argument. So, Everyone has an argument. Yeah, most definitely. But uh, how do you feel about um, how do you feel about Drew Pearson not being in yet? I can see why, because he, he's outshadowed by Starback and Tony Dorsett. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's almost, he's the equivalent of Art Monk. You know what I mean? What took Art Monk uh-huh. so long to get in there? Because he was overshadowed by other people like the Hogs and John Riggins and Joe mm-hmm. Theismann. And they were deserving to get in talent-wise, but their names wasn't as big enough. It, eventually, he's going to get in. Because he had a Hall of Fame worthy career, but yeah, it's just not his time yet. It's just like Alc Monk. That's how I look at it. Yeah. All right. I don't have much else to say about that. Can we get into uh, baseball? Zeus, you want to introduce the next one? Yes, sir. Oh, man. Sir, we got to talk about this. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so hellfire and brimstone, you all, is raining down on Houston. And it's not because the Texans lost last week. It is because the Houston Astros have been exposed for cheating when they won their 2017 World Series title. 
and essentially they took signal stealing, which obviously is common in the sport of baseball. It's just like in football when the uh, when the coaches cover up their mouth, it's common in baseball. But it's the way that they did it and how bad it looked. So, like the Houston Astros, yeah, the, the Houston Astros percentage when it came to uh, their batting average, when they were at home, they were hitting nearly 500. When they were on the road, it was like 125. So you could see the huge disparity there that was happening with the Houston Astros. And what made it so bad, so we'll talk about the firings and everything, but I just want to give you all a little bit of the details of it. So with signal stealing, uh, they used technology, which was uh, obviously they pointed the camera over there. Some of the uh, players were wear the buzzer on them so they could tip the batters off and let them know what pitch was coming. They would bang on a trash can in the dugout based off of the pitch that was happening. Now, Mr. Jones, I ask you this question. How long has baseball existed? Over 100 years, brother. Okay. So let all, let that sink in for the people who are listening at home. Over 100 years. You have two teams in the history of baseball before 2017. Two teams, the New York Yankees in 1946 and the Cleveland Indians in 1995 that led the league in slugging percentage but had the fewest amount of strikeouts, meaning strikeouts at bat, meaning when they were up at bat, they struck out the fewest as a team. That's only happened two times. So two, that's the magic number here, two. The Houston Astros did that shit in 2017 and 2019. So you want to talk about fishing. Now, if it was a stacked team, if you had your Albert Pujols, your Aaron Judge, and let's say Mike Trout all on, you know, one team and they were hitting together, that might have been believable. But come on now. Hell, so Bryce Hopper did. <laughs> yeah, no Bryce Hopper, but you're talking about Jose Altuve, which he's not trash. He's a good player, a very good player. But you're talking about Jose Altuve and others on there that don't have as big as names as Aaron Judge and things like that. And for them to do it twice in a three-year span, you have to know that something is up. You have to. So they, and there was a pitcher that came out and said he would rather go up against the guys who were on steroids than pitch against people who knew, so people who knew what he was actually going to pitch. You know, but they you know the funny thing is, what's that? We ain't really, we ain't really getting into this. The MLB didn't discover this cheating scandal. It was fucking fans on Twitter. So shame on yeah. the MLB. So they really get no credit for this at all. I just want to put that out there. Twitter found this. If I'm not mistaken, I it want was. to say they actually did this before.
because they did it. I want to say it against the Indians, if I'm not mistaken. I'm reading. I'm looking at an article yeah. and something that they did. Um, I think it was maybe the 2018 playoffs as well. So. Yeah, it was from 2017 to essentially 2019. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, I see it now. Yeah, the 2017. Um, yeah, Houston's coach, 2017. Alex Cora. Oh, he had the bribe. Uh, oh, the bridge. Uh, well, so for me looking at it, it just seemed like it's it's a long trail to cheat. Well, is and, that and it, it, it's not that it's just cheating; it's unbelievable cheating. You get what I'm saying? Like, at least when other teams yeah. were accused of it they made it more believable. Like, even, you know, people give the Pats and everything, they're flacking everything for Deflategate and everything, which to me was still bullshit. But yeah. at least they were dominating teams. And then with Spygate leading up to, you know, the 2007 Super Bowl, like that team had Randy Moss. You had Corey Dillon. You had Tom Brady. You had, you know, uh you had just great tight ends on there who just looked like absolute freaking monsters. So, absolutely. Like, you had those great teams that, yeah, of course, you would expect the Patriots to dominate the way that they did because of the talent and the level of coaching on there. This was just plain old. You went on the road, you were absolutely horrible. Like, shit, at least the Patriots – one road game and home game. They showed how dominant they can be. But when you look at the Houston Astros and the BS that happened, like you're defying, you're breaking the type of record that's going to raise people's eyebrows. Like the stat that I just gave you all about being the team with the highest slugging percentage and then lowest strikeouts at bat. Like that just doesn't happen. It doesn't. And, you know, you're getting all these people that are getting fired now and everything, and then now they're supposed to bring in, uh, what is his name, Dusty? Dusty, uh, he managed he managed the Rangers. Dusty Baker. And you said, yeah, Dusty Baker. I didn't want to say Dusty Rhodes. So, yeah, Dusty Baker. They bringing in Dusty Baker. He's supposed to be the top candidate that's going – take over as being the manager for the uh being the manager for the Houston Astros now. That's crazy. And you know what? I think the firing's not enough because the baseball I know back in the day, these people would get banned. They ain't gonna bring back T Rose. They ain't gonna let Shoeless Joe Jackson go to the Hall of Fame. These people need to be banned, too. They do. Like the Astros pitcher that the Yankees just signed. Gave that man $345 million. The Garrett Cole guy, Yankees just signed him. I don't think he should be allowed to play. He knew what was going on. Terrible. It is. But it is what it is. All right, Zeus, you want to Bring on the next thing. Yeah, of course, man. So let's go ahead and get into this NBA. 
if anything, or do you want to skip right into entertainment? Uh, we do NBA for a little bit. I mean, it's Zion didn't make his return. They pushed it out further, so the fans are being hoodwinked. Uh, the Lakers are thirty-three and eight. It's not the. Uh, it's not the twenty-second anymore. Yeah, that's when it's supposed to be the twenty-second. So what is that? Wednesday or Thursday, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, that's Wednesday. So yeah, so he'll be back this Wednesday, the twenty-second. So we'll see how that's supposed to happen. But yeah, I mean, Lakers there, thirty-three and eight. What else do we have going on? Um, the Raptors, they're playing pretty good. Right now they got the number three seed defending NBA champions. But who's really surprising me, and I'm not even going to lie to you all, I didn't see this coming, was the Miami Heat having a number two seed. You said the Miami Heat. Yeah. Jimmy yeah, Butler, right. now they're balling like that. Jimmy yeah, Butler is balling like that. Yeah. He is. He's showing that he can lead the they team. Beat, to, you know. Go ahead. I said their defense is decent as well. But now, go ahead. Uh, absolutely. No, nah, but obviously the Bucks they have the number one seed in the East. You can basically yeah, – my mid-season MVP for me right now will probably be Greek. That's just my opinion. I agree, totally. It's between three three people, Greek, LeBron, and um, Anthony Davis. Only reason yeah. I choose Kawhi, that little man, he takes too many games off. He does. He does. And then on the Western Conference side. I don't know, side, I have to. Oh. Go ahead. But I would say if anybody overall, I would say that it have to be Luca, Jimmy Butler, and I'll probably go with Greek the Freak. Well, Luca is a Luca is a good candidate, but the flow I see of Luca is he's not aggressive enough in the fourth quarter and crunch time. Like he'll light you up first three quarters all day long, but like the last six minutes of the fourth quarter, I believe he's like forty fifth or forty eight in field goal attempts. He just don't attack enough in crush time for me. I agree. I agree with that. I mean, he's not aggressive. He'd rather take the long jump shot. Uh, he's definitely balling though. His triple doubles are. I mean, he's putting it together in all sides of the uh, on all sides of the court. He's playing good defense, shooting the ball well. He's getting rebounds, getting assists. I mean, he's definitely somebody who's very good. Um, however, yeah, I just see Greek being the candidate, that early candidate, or even Anthony Davis. I can see that as well. But when we talk about the Western Conference, I mean, we're pretty much, we're all not surprised by the first, by seeds one through three. We're not surprised. The Lakers, the Nuggets, and the Clippers. I mean, the Nuggets were a team last year that, hell, if they were able to get past the uh, the the Trailblazers in the semifinals, 
they could have made a very interesting Western Conference Finals. It could have been a lot more interesting than the damn Trailblazers getting swept by Golden State. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, also, speaking of Golden State, man, is Draymond getting exposed to what this year? Oh, I told you like that, great... I, I've been told like the that. Great... Everybody was hyping like him up. Great... He was like, oh, he's a, he's a star player. Look what he does oh, for the no, team. I don't know who called him a star, though. Mm. I mean, I did. I, I'll come out and say it. I called him a star. And the reason why, because I said that he was the point guard. He was the emotional leader. Uh, he, but the thing is, he had superstars those years that he was playing well. There's no Clay yes. because he's hurt. There's no Steph, and there's no KD. So how much do we really expect for Trayvon to do? And uh, you know, Charles Barkley is a I fool. Think that's man. A that's single. Yeah, he averaged a triple single. That was single. Yeah. Hey, you can't give us fifteen points. You can't give us 15 points. A role player can give you 15 points. That's true. He should be able to at least do that. I was thinking of the trade that they actually should do, which is uh, they should uh, switch up and get D'Angelo Russell for um, Ben Simmons. That might be okay. Because all they really need is somebody to uh, to handle the ball. That's it. Really? Exactly. Their shooters will be back next year. I mean, but think think what Philly need. I mean, but they will give them two. Him, him and uh, what is that? Uh, the, the process. Uh, I can't even think of his name right now. Uh, Jordan Embiid. It's like that, that duo isn't working anymore. So they need somebody that can actually score versus somebody that just – Handle the rock. I mean, D'Angelo Russell can, can semi do both of that. That'd give off mm-hmm. the pressure of everybody else on the court. Agreed. I feel, I feel what you're saying, but they're not going to give him up. They're just not. They they value him too it's much. A, it's a win win for both teams. To no, I totally with agree you. with you. I totally agree with you, but I'm just telling you the reality of what the. 76 is GM going to do. He's not going to give up and give him up. Mm-hmm. I don't see why not, especially if you're trying to win. Because some people are stubborn. Which is true. Yep. Yeah. That is a Philly, Philly fan base thing. <laughs> bang, bang. No, it is. No, seriously. I mean, he's being stubborn because the whole trust the process thing. And actually, we found out that that was a moniker that they actually took from. Uh, that's a moniker that they actually took from the Houston Astros. The Astros were the ones who actually publicly, when they admitted that they were going to tank to get better prospects and everything on the team, they told the fan base to trust the process. And they were very honest with fans and what their stance was and everything, and the fans appreciated them for it. They watched them at home, but as far as attending games, you said what? So that cheating shit shit was the process? Essentially. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, man. I mean, they did 
I mean, but think about it, though. They got players like Altuve. They got Garrett Cole. You know, they got a uh, – I forgot who else they brought there. Um, the electronic Yeah, you know, the, the electronic Of course, the electronic brothers. I mean, but, you know, they brought some talent there. They brought Verlander there. So, it was definitely a trust the process type thing. But I get what you're saying. That's cheap shit. To that, to, that, to that magnitude, that, but anyway, back to the NBA. Um, what's going on? As usual, the East wide open, two-team race in the West. That's pretty much it. A lot of music came. Let's get into some entertainment. Why well, we still got time. All right. All right, let's do it. 30 minutes left. All right, so first, All right, first, let's go ahead and get the elephant. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nah, I'm with you. Let's get the elephant out of the room. Let's get right into it. Out of nowhere. Friday, midnight, Eminem dropped a new album, Music to Get Murdered by 20 Tracks. That's a lot, for, that's a lot of tracks for a man of his stature in the game. But at the end of the day... It was usual Eminem to me. A lot of spitting. Decent song structure. Okay. But I'm going to be honest. When the last time an Eminem album had great replay value? Been a while. And And does this one have the replay value that you think it should? Because I'm going to be honest, I listened to it once and I went to Mac Miller and listened to that a couple of times. I mean, no. I mean, you know I what this just remind me of? And then it's also, the of the album. it's not even the length. Like, okay, we have long projects. Like, Chris Brown's album is long yeah, as hell. But you'll go back and, and replay that, though, right? No, <laughs> I replay some of the songs. I, it ain't no way. Some of the songs, but it's still going songs. back to the album. You're not, yeah, of course not. Yeah, I mean, come on now. That's not what I'm saying. But you're going back and listening to majority of the, some of the songs that's on that album. Correct. So, this album, uh, what I was about to say, it kind of reminds me, you know, of that legend or, like, person that drops an album and then we expect to listen to it again. Like, you know, maybe, like, Nas, you know, or... You know, Jay might come out with an album. We'll probably go back and listen to it. But I don't think Eminem is holding that structure anymore. That's like almost, it's like if Wayne came out with an album right now, would I go back and replay that album? Or would I just listen to it for like the first time? Like, oh, he's dropping some lyrics, but it's replayable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean overall, here's the thing. I, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I would actually go back and listen to a few of these songs, especially I believe it's a song about the Vegas shooter. What is it, Darkness? Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, I would yeah. go back and listen to that. I mean, it's a few tracks Let's on there. Let's be realistic. Listen to. Let's be realistic. You're not going back and listen to that song. Cause it's called Darkness. For That's, That's a one-time song to listen to. For a tragic event, that's not something that you want to repeat in your mind. 
No, you know I'll go though? back and listen to it. I'll go back and listen to it. I played it several times. I played it several times so I can take the deep dive. Seven times. So you know seven what I'm saying? Seven times. <laughs> several. Please don't say seven times. Several times. Yeah. No, I don't fucking speak to trash. Been trash for a long time. But anyway, uh, as far as that song, I took a deep dive into it because, you know, I don't want people to take that song out of context. Especially, you know, living out here and being a native of Las Vegas and actually been in town when that happened. And, you know, knowing people, like, experience that tragedy firsthand, you know. And that could be a very sensitive subject. But I see he's just trying to bring a image. But, huh? No, I want to say that's, yeah, you just took the words right out of my mouth. Pause. Um yeah, it is a song about awareness, and I think that yeah. was a, a positive tribute, but I'm not shaming the song. I just want to say you're not going to be like, hey, you know, I'm grieving through this. Let me listen to Eminem's Darkness yeah, tribute, that's a one-time thing. you know, like a year or two that's later. Yeah, that's a one-time thing. Like, I wouldn't go back and play that jar at a, at a party. Like, you listen to it a couple of times because you want to get the breakdown and then, like, the metaphors exactly. that he probably uses. And that's it. But and that's, if anything... Like, what was his mind? Exactly. So... But I ain't gonna lie. The last 90 seconds when he played all the other clips of the shooting and stuff saved the song. Because if he didn't do that, I could see a lot of people taking offense to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, I did yeah, like the features on the Eminem album, though. He did have. Oh yeah, matter of fact, oh my God, Young Mobbers. Yeah, like that new that Juice World joint is fire. That might be my favorite song on the album. Fire. The Juice World with Eminem. Fire. Oh, we got yeah, we got some old M on that joint. I ain't gonna lie to you, that was a good shot. I mean, even the Joe Young and Day, they came out of nowhere. It did. Let's talk about a glaring hole, though. Let's talk about something glaring. Griselda, Westside Gus, Conway, Benny the Butcher. Why the hell none of them was on the album? Not one. Like, they ain't the hottest in the game right now. And they ain't signed under you. He's trying to let them get their own shine, man. He's not trying to steal their clout. Why, why would he add them on just, you know, just to get out shine right now? You know they the hottest thing why right now. Jay used to put state property on all this stuff. He used to put Kanye exactly. on this shit. You, you got exactly. a bigger name. Oh, regardless, 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 you have a bigger name. Now, the and biggest rebuttal that you have for me yet. would be is that he used, I guess, the fake starter house to come back and rap on his album, which I thought was okay, kind of lame. He could have used Griselda because it well. wasn't button. He could have used Griselda. He could have used but Griselda. Zeus, he could have, but it would have it would have been not working. It been he should have. It would have been whack. And no, it wouldn't. How would it have been whack? Was what? it whack when wow. they first they first would have cranked? They first would have cranked, but I don't know. Yeah, I think they would have threw off the focus of him. Can I can I, can I ask you something, Zeus? 
Did Griselda not sound good on that Jim Jones song that I sent to whom it may concern? I mean, it was decent. I liked the song. It was okay. Man, it was great. Uh, uh, Amazing. Exactly. He's tripping. Yeah. Yeah, he's tripping. (laughs) He's tripping. It could have put Griselda on there. Let's let's keep it real. He could have put Griselda on there. All in all, I'm I'm just being a troll. He should have put him on there. That would have been the best thing that was best for him. And that really would have lived up to the hype, though. Like, it really would have amplified this long track list of mediocre songs. Ooh, mediocre. All right, let's give it a rating. One out of five. What you give it, dude? I give it a two. I'm so disrespectful. Here's the thing. I'm not even the biggest Eminem fan. I have been the one who has come on here and and who's trashed Eminem for previous projects. This project right here, I'm not even going to lie. It was good. It was well thought of. It was very well put together. I'm actually going to give this a 3.75 out of 5. Oh, my God, man. See, I, I knew from the beginning of the show when you was coughing, something was wrong with you. You must be sick. <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, I'm telling you, it was a good album. The only, the, the only thing it's that solid, three, it's a solid album. It's solid. Yeah. The only thing that's going to suck, I'm going to be honest, the only thing that's going to be bad about this album is it came out so early in the year. It'll get lost in the weeds. Like people are talking about it right now, but by February, nobody's going to talk about it. It's yeah. gone. And then also, the thing that pissed me off the, the most is that you made the song on the worst tragedy. Even shout out to him doing the song, but this is your first video from this album of 24 tracks that you had. Bad move. Yeah. And then also, no Griselda. Bad move. Like, so that's why uh, I can't get with it. But the thing is, it was, it was kind of out of touch, though, because remember, he did the same rollout with Toy Soldiers. Remember that? It's pretty much just like another Toy Soldiers to me. And then, yeah. But. Toy Soldiers was trying was, hard, though, back in the day. So you could, he, he pulled that so, off slightly. That was, uh, wasn't that the Eminem show? Yeah, the I mean, show actually yeah. was kind of halfway decent. I'm not even going to lie to you. So That'll be, This might be his best or second best project since the Eminem show. So let's call it. So let's get into the album. It was a lot of singles that came out, though. Did y'all get to hear the Mac Miller album? No, I did not. But I'm, you can go ahead and tell me all about it. I mean, he... It was it was one that you just vibe to. He ain't really rapped as much. The production was excellent. But I'm be honest, it was quite tough to listen to because I mean it's sad. We lost a guy so talented as him so so young and you hear it in his music. And you kinda hear him like saying, I'm gonna do the right thing, I wanna do the right thing and eventually that happened, you know? So it's kinda tragic while you listen to it, but a good album, great production, love the vibe of it. 
But we got other things to talk about. And that album, I get that a, I get that a 3.5 out of 5. But to get into other um, things, Dreamville dropped a deluxe edition. And all the new songs on there sound better than the album itself, if you ask me. But did y'all get to listen to it? Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I, I looked at the album and I was like, deluxe. And I really didn't listen to it. I was just like, I come back to it. I was like, why is this album up here? And then I seen Deluxe, and usually Deluxe is like a couple of songs. But who who was uh, what was the Deluxe song? They gave song? eleven. They gave, they gave 11. eleven. Oh, okay. Oh, and they no. gave right, you. So and they gave you. A, to it. And they gave you a lot more Ari Lennox, a lot more Ari Lennox, and that's what I like mm. too, because it sounds like they actually took their time to make this album. They sound better in sync on the, like, extra songs and all that, to be honest with you. Like I said, that jab feeling them junk better than the album itself, which is kind of crazy. Nah. <sighs> but I had so, to say man, can I say if something anything, to y'all real quick? About the singles, the best single that came out was that Future and Drake Jones, that Life is Good. Yeah, Life is Good, yeah. Yeah, that was a great single. Can't even lie about that. Hell of a That's on fire. But, but before we continue, though, I just want to say something to y'all, too, man. When we was talking about off the air, when we had the debate about is Yo Gotti a star on that, man? Yeah, the dude is a star, man. I listen uh, to him. Of course he is. I, it's one of them jokes like you forget that that dude has so many hits. It's almost like if you go to a concert with somebody like a Fab or a Wale or something, you listen to him like, damn, I forgot he had that many hits. Dog, I forgot he has hits on top of hits on top of hits. I ain't going to lie. He made a good run for himself. So, I mean, shout out to y'all for showing me the light of that. But let's get to these singles, though. Uh, the life is good. Fire, fire. Mhm. I like it. What? Future, future album gonna be fire? Cause that's Future's album, right? Or that joint they're doing together. I don't know, but I I'm, I don't know. I'm, they keep teasing what I'm time boosted. to be alive too. But yeah, exactly. it, it could be Future's album. Nah, I'm looking for a, a joint album. That'll definitely be dope because I need that in my life right now. I can definitely use that to weather the storm. You know, I can get a, a little bit of, and, I guess, no homo, Drake, and then come back to the future, you know, so. And then let's keep it real. The first one, like, that it was good. Is phenomenal. It was good, but it wasn't the best from both of them together. You feel what I'm saying? It's like, you could tell it's they like did a it when it was a tour. Yeah, they did a tour together, see the little rush. You could tell who song it was by the vibe of the beat. But this was no, it like was both they song. The beat was different. That's the whole thing. I'm not talking about the song now. I'm talking about the first project they did together. Oh yeah, nah. Mm-hmm. This, oh this yeah. Now sounds like they taking time in the studio together. And they're going to make As a project. So you could tell, like, who was, I guess, exactly. dominant on the song. Like, what what vibe of the song they was more leaning to and who was the feature on it or when they was collabing together and making the song. Exactly. I when I first seen the title, Jump Man, I knew it was a damn Drake song. I'm sorry. 
Yeah. So at the end of <laughs> I mean at the end of the day, I think this one's gonna be awesome because they're actually almost together. They ain't on tour. They ain't gotta worry about fitting a busy schedule. Can take their time and they can make this fire together. Cause we need it right now. We really do. As consumers. All right, man. I'm about to say, if anything, you got any other singles that you want to get into? Because I do want to get off this uh, Oscar list and talk about these stuff. Yeah, let's get that. Yeah, let's talk about that bullshit. (laughs) Like we ain't expected, though, right? So who got snubbed, do you all think, for the Oscar? Oh, we already know who got snubbed. Let's not even play stupid, man. Let's just get right into it. Well... Queen of Slim ain't nominated for shit. I don't know if you us was last year, but I think Queen of Slim ain't nominated for shit. Also, I don't know if us was last year uh, on that, but I think getting nominated for shit. Um, no, on top us of that, was 2019. I, us was 2019. Okay, well, let's, well, Robert De Niro ain't get Best Actor. He ain't even get nominated for Best Actor. Wow. Anybody got the list? Uh, you know No, I don't have the list. Let me, let me go. Yeah, ahead. I can get it. Or one of them. I can, can get, get it. it. Don't, don't, All right. Here's the thing. Don't even stretch it. yourself over that little Android or whatever that you have over there, okay? Don't hurt yourself. I'm on the road. I'm on the road. I'm on the road right now, man. <laughs> it's fine. Don't stress yourself. It's fine. That, that little Android going to explode in your hand. We need it for at least the last 15 minutes of this show. So we got, for best actor, we have Jonathan Price with The Two Popes, Adam Driver with uh, Marriage Story, Antonio Banderas. Haven't heard that name in a while. And Payne and Roy. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and then Leo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time. In Hollywood. Also, not who is Robert that De Niro? picture. You said what? Who's Robert De Niro? But anyway, go ahead. Exactly, I agree. Best picture, nineteen seventeen, Ford versus Ferrari, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, The Irishman, Little Women. Jojo Rabbit and Marriage Story. The best actress, Charlize Theron and Bombshell, Renee Zell Zellweger and Judy, Cynthia Erivo and Harriet. <laughs> you said what? Renee Zellweger always find a way to get nominated for something. It seems like every fucking year. But anyway, go ahead. Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, and then Soros Ronan for Little Women. For Best Supporting Actor, you got Anthony Hopkins in The Two Popes, Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Joe Pesci in The Irishman, Al Pacino in The Irishman, and then Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. All right, let me ask you this, MT. Who's better, Al Pacino or Joe Pesci? And that particular movie, I would probably go with Joe Pesci for that one. 
I would say Joe Pesci because he got snubbed before for Goodfellas. I think it's one of them ones like they owe him one, like they owe Brad Pitt one, and they gave one to Brad Pitt after all them years. Yeah. But I'm be honest, it's tough though because Al Pacino did an excellent job as well. He did. Al Pacino and, uh, did do an excellent job. He did, he did a really good job. But the thing is, what hurts Al Pacino is there might have been some better Hoffers out there over time. You know what I mean? But he played yeah. a good Hoffer for that role, for that movie, for that film direction. But, I, yeah, I would say Joe Pesci deserved it because they actually owe him one. He should have been got, mm-hmm. he should have been got supporting actor a long time ago. Yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to think of anything else that we could. Oh, best director, we can go to that category. So this one's going to be tough, man. You got oh. Quentin Tarantino. You got Todd Phillips for Joker. Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Bong Joon Ho for Parasite. Martin Scorsese, oh. of course, for The Irishman. And then Sam Mendes for 1917. There's, it's going to be between Todd Phillips and Sam Mendes. Come on, you know, it's yep. a war movie. And it's a good war movie. And they actually yep. talked about World War One. They didn't talk about two like everybody else and kept it in Normandy. So they might give it to him because of the accuracy of it. Uh, they always screw Martin, so I don't even think Martin got a chance. And then Todd Phillips was joking because how how he made about- it dark. Go ahead. All right. Well, I believe y'all covered Robert De Niro, right? So, yeah. did you cover Eddie Murphy and Je- Jennifer Lopez for the snubs? J Lo, to say that she got snubbed, I mean, it's too much. The thing is, it's too much noise around that movie to say that she got snubbed because. You got the original person who the story was about that's saying that a lot of the stuff in there wasn't true, and because they didn't get her permission, they did things the way that they wanted to. J-Lo did good, but it was some long, drawn-out parts in that movie. So I wouldn't say that she got to know. Uh, Dolomite? It's not a time. Yes, we could. It's not a time. All we right, well, what? if not, if not it's J-Lo. It's not a time. When she did that Giselle movie, that's where she's going to get her recognition time. It's not her time yet. Yep. What about Lupita? The oh, one that played in uh that played in us. She did good. I thought cool. she did very good. She had to play essentially two different characters. I thought she but really also did she good. Gave... She got snubbed. And then also she played yeah. in Adelaide too. You said what? Yeah. And Adelaide. Well, she played, uh, she played, um, not Adelaide, uh. I mean, a lot of people say Ugly Jim got snubbed, too. A lot of people say Adam Sandler got snubbed. Oh, yeah, he already did get snubbed, but he already, uh, he, he already announced it though which was funny because he ended up giving a, a post on Twitter like with little Nikki and then that's when everybody stopped remembering little Nikki yeah no, no not little Nikki uh, Waterboy 
He was like, yeah, shout out to everybody that loved me or something like that. And he was like, shout out to mama. Tommy, 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 Tommy. Let it go. Let it go. Okay, let it go. You got to get out of here. Yeah, that, that, I mean, but, you know, somebody's going to get snubbed. I mean, 2019, I had to say, was a pretty solid year for movies overall, though. It was. So, I mean, somebody was bound to get snubbed. It's just yeah. some is more egregious than the other. You know I mean, what I mean? That's but, true, but, yeah, I mean, but it's always going to happen. I mean, these. They do exactly. stuff like that for controversy. Like, Get Out got, you know, all of those nominations, but really only won, like, what, two awards? I knew they weren't going to give Jordan Peele that again because a lot of people didn't catch the references and the symbolism and everything in that movie. So... Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day... I'm, I'm happy that Joker did get his due. You know what I mean? And then, uh, did Joaquin Phoenix get nominated for Best Actor, right? Of course he did. Yeah, I think he should get that award. Man. What's the name of all Jordan. male actors, though? Well, it's Best Actor and Best what? Actor. Yeah. They said no, Best <laughs> Actor? Yes, Best Actor and Best Actor. Yeah. And it was all male, right? No, no, nobody else deserved the deserved it in any of the movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing: I need to watch 1917. Once I no, watch it, was a that, good movie. Well, I like the director more than the actor. They went war movies because there's so much action. I mean, it kind of divides from the acting. Unless you rob a Duval in Apocalypse Now, you don't really see so much acting in war movies like right. that. That's how I see it. But, I mean, I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio deserved what the time in Hollywood. I think that movie is overrated, to be honest with you. And you know how I feel about it, personally, how they just make the frame too sleep. But, uh-huh. it still got its nominations and everything, but... I just, the only one that's really glaring and appalling is the Robert De Niro one. All the other ones I can see. But yeah, Eddie Murphy probably could have got a shot for Dolomite as my name. It was an inspirational movie and all of that. But let's keep it real, though. At the end of the day, do comedy, well, do comedy ever get love? No. So Of course not. I, 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 I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. It's not as worse than other years. It's better than other years. But uh, the Oscars actually great. No, it's February 9th. February 9th. Oh, February 9th. Okay, we got it. Mm-hmm. And then who's... Did they announce who's performing halftime at the Super Bowl yet? Yeah, they already announced it. So it's still J-Lo and what's the name headlining, but it's a lot of people that's going to be performing that weekend, you know, for like the festivities and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. 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 I don't
J Lo and Shakira. J Lo and Shakira are going to be headlining the Super Bowl. Is it in Miami? Of course, it's in Miami. All right, that makes sense. <laughs> and then, look, I will never hate on Shakira. I love Shakira. <laughs> but at the same time, man, it would be nice to see one hip hop back. I just want one hip hop back. That's all. Well, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure there'll be people mixed in and everything, and who's going to be, uh... And I'm sure, like, it'll be, you know, like, people performing before J-Lo gets out there and things like that, so... We'll see. Um, there's a lot of action that weekend, but, yeah, it, it's going to happen. Sure. But, um... But, Joe, I mean, pretty much... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but pretty much, man, that's all I have. Uh, that's all we have for the people. Uh, make sure you follow us on on Facebook, on Instagram. Because uh, somebody drowned out the background noise real quick. But at Too Much Show official page, that is uh, that is our social media. Or you can find us at Too Much Show on Twitter. Uh, YouTube, the Google Chrome, I'm sorry, the Google Podcast app and the iTunes Podcast app. I am your host, MT Signing Off. And with me are my co hosts, Mr. Jones, aka Sam Jones, and Mr. Come First, because you got to respect me, and my other co host. Just the truth, man. Signing out, man. Appreciate everybody for listening and tune in for next week, too. And also, to make sure you check out those. Uh, Links that uh, MT dropped off for you too as well. Peace.